Welcome to the Garden of Eden podcast. I'm your host, Dami Eden. Stay locked in for the ride because this is where ideas grow. Cheese! Come on. <laughs> good to see you how are you yeah i'm i'm fab thanks how are you doing i'm doing very well thank you so much um first off thank you so much oh no my pleasure i I appreciate you i I, it's nice to talk to people from all over the world so that's exciting isn't isn't this internet thing just like crazy unbelievable it's kind of amazing how many interesting people i've been meeting and and learning like making new friendships so it's been really fun actually yeah it's like just the accessibility like for me just being able to talk to someone from boston right you're from from boston that's just mad to me i know we're very lucky that we have it because if we didn't right now we'd all be like losing our minds that's for sure you know oh my god how have you been coping with everything what's the i mean i've been fine especially since the gary v thing because it's keeping me super busy yeah so now I'm doing a talk show nightly pretty much like trying to find guests every day and then people like you call me and ask me to do interviews in the middle of the day so i'm actually it's been a great distraction for me and <laughs> it's kept me positive because i don't have time to even look at the news or anything else um, yeah I, I miss my job and i miss my co-workers and that's probably the hardest part but i'm enjoying actually being home with my husband and son because i never get this much time with them yeah i think that's been like I, I echo that sentiment as well because for me, like I, I don't live with my immediate family. They live right. 20, 30 minutes away from me here. But one thing that this time has allowed me to do is to catch up with old friends that I just haven't spoken to for years. 100%. 100%. Right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot to be grateful for. Um, yes. Yeah, I definitely noticed that in because one of the reasons that I kind of gravitated you, to you a lot, the energy you came in with on the show, oh, and Gary, Gary show, yes. oh my days! Like I was just like, wait, what? Has he just like cloned himself as a woman or something? Like what? What's going it's on? It's so here? funny. I, it's funny because I was harassing this man for three years because. Yeah. I felt like we had a similar energy. We were supposed to have a conversation. And when I get an idea in my head, I'm very mm. persistent. And I had visualized that conversation so many times. And I think that's what a lot of people <laughs> don't realize. When you know you're going to get an opportunity, you have to kind of come in prepared. A lot of people go, um, uh, mm. And so I was like, listen, he, he it's almost like um, I've auditioned for shows, like I used to do acting and I've auditioned for game shows. Same yeah. thing. A casting agent knows in 10 seconds if they're going to p- put you on to the next level or not. So mm. I knew in my head, someone who's busy like him, they hear the same questions over and over again. You need to come in with a fresh attitude, hit them, yeah. let them have a final connection and then move forward. So I kind of knew what, which, what I wanted to say and mm. knowing that I was going to be on a day or two beforehand, just really made me kind of think, all right, what are my points? But I literally had notes in my phone of notes that I had that I wanted to go <laughs> Gary Vee with. So, you know, it was like, I knew it was going to happen at some point. Yeah. Is, so you'd had them notes prepared way before this even right. happened. It was yes, like... Because, right, because I introduced myself to him three years ago Yeah. for 10 seconds. And then after that, I went home and I was like, all right, I would watch a lot of his content and I would watch him mm. put somebody in a room 
for a 15 minute FaceTime. And they'd be like, um, he's like, any questions for me? And they'd be like, um, uh, and I'm like, you just got an opportunity yeah. to be in Gary B's office and you don't know what you want to ask him. Like, and I'd be like, fuck. Jesus, dude, I'm yeah. ready. Like, fucking bring me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That was one of the things I went through, like, my, my notes. Like, what are the things that I would want to talk to him about? What are the things that I want to accomplish so that I kind of came in so I was organized so that I knew what I wanted to hit him with and mm -hmm. then go from there? And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. You want opportunities, but you're not prepared. So prepare. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like he gives you so much information. Sometimes certain questions, you know what he's going to tell you. Certain things I know what he was going to tell me. And I was like, I'm kind of glad he kind of, he called my bullshit and pushed me. Yeah. And it was the best thing he could have done because it's been the greatest experience in my life. It's like opened up a lot of doors. I mean, it's given like us the chance to meet now. Right. And like, yeah. Like I, I, you know what? I love your energy. I was watching your live yesterday um, and you had a lot of um, very spiritual people on there, which was, right. which is interesting because I wasn't yeah. expecting that, but I, I enjoyed it. But one of the well, things I was saying was that yeah. your, your energy just gave me life. I was like, yes. I just, I don't know, man. There's just something. I was just like, yes. Well, I, I love appreciate this. that. That's what I'm trying to do. I love You know, this. it's funny. It was a deeper topic, but somebody mm -hmm. in the comments the week before said, are you going to do a show on mental health? And I think mental health is a topic. I'm a big believer of mindset and mental toughness. But I do believe mental mental health is also super important. I think the three of them need to be intertwined a little bit. So I was like, all right, you know what? People are home and I'm very mentally strong. And there's some days that I'm kind of like, all right, I'm over this whole situation. So I was like, if I'm feeling like this and I'm a positive person, I can only imagine what a depressed or anxiety-ridden person is feeling. So I was like, you know what? Let's do a top, let's do a night on this. And I liked the topic, I liked the the people that I had on last night because they had different points of views. And they also kind of had options for people to go to. But at the mm. end of the show, if you listen to their stories and still felt bad for yourself, do you know what I mean? It kind of made you be like, you know what? Like, my life's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all right. I'm going to figure this out, you know? For real. For real. And um, I'm going to comment to that. But first, let me just introduce the podcast. Yes. Um, so for everyone listening, if you got this far, thank you. And I'm <laughs> sure you've been entertained thoroughly. <laughs> um, welcome to the Garden of Eden podcast where ideas grow and we explore the depths of creatives. And I have a very interesting creative with me today, um, Kristen Hutchison. So if you could introduce yourself, what you do, who you are, etc., etc. So technically, for real life, I'm a mom, a wife and a bartender. I'm also a comedian on the side. I've been doing comedy mm -hmm. for the past two years. I like to refer to myself as a comedic storyteller. I like to use a little bit of heart, a little bit of humor, and a little bit of sass to use real life stories to inspire and motivate people and help you get off your ass. So that's, that's hey. my little tagline. Um, <laughs> but uh, as of late, uh, during uh, the Corona episode, I was on mm. tea with Gary Vee, and he gave me the opportunity to mm. talk to him and talk about how I wanted to build my personal brand. And he challenged me to he challenged me to do a TV show. Sorry. That's and right. uh, and uh, I've been going on IG Live for the past three weeks and really enjoying getting to know people, sharing everyday people's stories. And it's just mm -hmm. been a great experience of trying to send the ripples out of giving back to how he gave me a platform and helping other people mm -hmm. have a platform. Yeah. And um, I think one of the reasons, obviously, the opportunity of, of being able to be on TV with Gary Vee has, has helped you a lot. But you know what? Like I keep saying it, the energy from you is is 
it's so like I don't know if contagious is the right word but like attracting I don't know it's just like draws people in and then the other thing that I noticed was and, and this is like a really something subtle but I just noticed it a lot you know when you were talking about your story because I've watched that episode yes. a, f- a few times okay there were a lot of good um combos in there and one of the things I noticed was that um was that you you were speaking about like all the difficult things you'd gone through so right we're talking about like um you know the fact that your parents got divorced and then you know you had to move to um was it New York a less affordable neighborhood yeah I moved in New York yeah. yeah and then you had to um and then your like house like was on fire burnt and down yeah burnt down even and then you said that you invested in a business with your husband and then that like tank went back yes but, that fell down I'm yeah sure I'm sorry no that's all right <laughs> I'm multitasking um, right now <laughs> mom life in it yes exactly <laughs> um yeah but the one thing that I noticed about that is you you were saying it all kind of like in a giddy like positive smiley way and I was just like what if I was speaking about this like maybe now things are good but I might be speaking about it like oh wow yeah this you know this stuff happened to me but you spoke about it with such like energy it was all yeah. like positivity like where where does that come from like did you always have that or has that just you know a lot from... of it did come from my childhood my mom was a really positive person and mm. I think I learned a lot of that can-do attitude from her um yeah. I can remember being a little girl and she was a single mom and you know she didn't always have enough money and yeah. to make things happen but she always had an amazing attitude and one of my favorite stories is one time she didn't have enough money for the rent uh, for the heat and we got home and the house was cold. So she like hunched sheets and opened the, opened the stove and made popcorn, hot chocolate and put the TV on the table. Because that's back when TVs were like tube televisions that you could carry. Yeah. And we were like, oh my God, we get to do homework and watch TV. So she took like an yeah. awful experience and made it almost magical. So mm. I think a lot of it came from her, her self-resilience. And that's yeah. how it kind of started for me. And that's where I think I learned a lot of that skill set. Yeah. And so I think then, and I think from the experiences that I've had and the and the armor that I got from my early years helped me learn how to kind of push through the harder times. So once you've been through a couple hard times, you bounce back a little bit easier because you've already been there. Mm, and you just you know like, what I mean? Yeah, you just kind of like you go have that back. mental ability. You dip back. I, I've 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 kind of tapped into that a bit myself. Yes. In the past, maybe not at, not at that scale. Right. Right. But you just think, okay, cool. I'm in this shitty situation at the moment but i know that i've come through it before it's gonna pass. Mm-hmm. so i can just one more day and then one more day and then and you, know, you get there exactly get and i think it. that's where people need to be right now because mm. and i think what's hard for a lot of people this is their first smack in the face so yeah. you're they're in uncharted territories and i think that's why it's easy for me to come on at night chat with people try to get them a different perspective because i have the tools i've been there i've done that i know what's up so I can, mm. I'm trying to just kind of help people, you know, trudge through that mud and, and just try to stay positive. Because I'm like, okay, come with me. I've done this. I'll put you on my back and we'll just kind of get through it. I'm just trying to bring different shows nightly to kind of bring people to different energies, different things. Yeah, I definitely feel like you've had that impact because I feel like a lot of people have started either like doing, like putting out more content of themselves. Or, oh, 100%. Or, that has been... 
the most amazing thing about it because when I get an t- email from somebody, they go, oh, I started a podcast. Now I'm talking live on Instagram. I'm like, yes, because, and, I, and that's what I've been saying to everybody that's been asking me my opinion on this. Um, I think what happened was when Gary says for somebody to do it or another social media person says, just start, just start, a lot of people go, well, where do I start or how can I start? But I'm just an everyday girl. They saw mm. me on Thursday, then they saw me that night go live, and now they're watching me three weeks later, and I'm still going live every night. So now people are like, all right, I can do this. So I mm. think that's a lot of like what is happening for people, and I think that's what's been great about it for me. It makes me thrilled to see people mm. going and, and actually taking action. You know what I mean? So that's that's to me like the ripple of it, and that's what's been fantastic. Yeah, being seeing it like being able to see that you have even just even if it's the smallest impact, sometimes feels like it, it gratifies a bit of us. Oh, 100%, 100%. And I think that's what I kind of do nightly at the bar. So all I'm doing mm. on my nightly show, and that's why I've always thought that I should have a show because things happen in, in a conversation, a bar that are just, um, I don't know, it's just, it's, they're so organic. It's real conversations with real people. And I mm. think real people are fascinating. I really feel like so many people want to hear from like a business owner or like an Olympian. And I'm like, okay, great. Mm. But you're not going to, I'm not going to be in the Olympics. You might not be in the Olympics, but it doesn't mean that you're not an interesting person that's come through some things. And I think people that have come through real life experiences are really more helpful to people to try to figure out what to do with their lives. If that makes any Mm. sense. You know, what plays into that a lot. And I think also into being someone who's creative as well is, that aspect of curiosity right being curious in other people 100 percent. would you say that's helped you with um so if we look at like uh being a comedian i'm sure yeah there's a lot of curiosity even even to start right even yeah yeah my 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 whole thing about comedy is like i'll tell you there's a there's a back story to why i did comedy first of all my son's helping me cook. I'm, I'm multitasking oh, right nice. now. <laughs> so, so um, my husband worked all day and he was dealing with floods. So I, I, I try to, this is what I do before my show. I, I get my guests lined up, then I get dinner on the table, then I clean up and then I get on and entertain everybody at night. Wow. So you see the real, the real, the real, I'm a juggler. I've, I, I've always been juggling a multiple things. <laughs> so um, the reason comedy started for me is because I wanted to do speaking and I couldn't find mm. a way to go from a bartender to speaking. So I was like, uh, someone's like, oh, just talk anywhere you can. And I was like, all right. And I love to entertain and I, I'm a little bit sassy and a little bit, I have a lot of different sides. So I just jumped on a stage at an open mic and that's how the comedy started. That's and, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because in my head, comedy sounds like it would be a lot harder. Like, then it is. It is because people overthink it because people do it the traditional way. I don't do anything the traditional way. I do everything my way. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not the traditional comedian. So when other comedians see me, they're like, "What is she doing? She talks too fast. She doesn't have a pun- like. She doesn't do set up punchline." I'm more of a comedic storyteller. So I take, mm. you know, hey, this kid was acting up in the supermarket. So I'll, I'll see a kid having a fit and the mom being frustrated. And then yeah. I'll make it into a joke like, hey, I was at the supermarket the other day. Saw mm. this girl flipping out. The mom didn't know what to do. First, she's embarrassed. Then she's horrified. Then she just wants to get out of the store. I'm like, now, if it was my mom's day, it would have just been a squeeze of the hand and out of the store. We would have had no dinner that night. So now, since parents are not have parents <laughs> and children, I have a solution. We'll have a tantrum timeout center. It's covered in glass. 
rub a floor, soundproof, you put the kid in and keep shopping peacefully. Wow. So that's the type of stuff that I, I yeah. do stuff like that. I take real life stories and then I kind of make them into a scenario and that's how I kind of do my, mm. so my comedy is very different. It's on my YouTube channel, so. Yeah, yeah I actually watched people. it, you know. I actually, <laughs> yeah. I actually watched your, I wasn't sure whether like, was, was that one of, was that an early show for you? Yeah, so the one in the green shirt that's 20 minutes long, that's a funny story to that. I yeah. wanted to do comedy and I was only getting three to five minutes in small club, like open mics where no one's listening to you. So yeah. a year ago I was like, I want to do a one woman show because someday I would love to be on a stage doing 40 minutes to an hour. So I just oh, put my, yeah. my husband made me a stage. I put all my friends and family and all my regulars. I put an ad out to say, Hey, come watch me. I rented a hall and did my own one woman mm. show. So that is that. So that was me working the reverse engineering idea that Gary tells you taking it from the end end result and then working backwards to try to make it become an oh yeah so yeah so i take a lot of his advice and i try different things i'm like all right gary says reverse engineer your vision so i'm like Mm. i'll do a comedy special myself now then maybe it'll get somebody's attention then maybe eventually it will turn into a netflix special so i kind of like i put it out there and then i let it come to fruition if that makes any sense yeah (laughs) that's that's mad yeah that's really clever like really really clever there's yeah, a few I, more I, of those and right. you know the right person right like, oh let me pop on this girl's channel oh, mm-hmm. oh. exactly and now since i've been on this it's my channel's gone up like ridiculously and i've gotten thousands of views on that that would just sat there mm. for for like a year getting like oh, i only had a thousand views and now it's up to like four thousand something so it's pretty crazy yeah, yeah. it's sick yeah it's yeah sick. so i don't know i just take chances yeah that's um like with I think with something in in a creative endeavor because I feel like the the, the um at the center of anything which is creative is having mm-hmm. to take a risk to put yourself out there because yes you're yes you're kind of saying okay I'm making something I'm producing something and now anybody in the world can watch it and criticize it correct so how do you how have you like dealt with that aspect especially now because now there's like more, there's more eyes on you. Yeah. Um, I think one of the best things is when I was younger, people judged me anyhow. And I realized mm. at a young age that no one's always going to like you. So you might as well not worry about that. And mm. I said on my show the other night to, to Jordan Syatt, um, you know, I have a husband and son at home. I get friends and family that love me. So I can't worry about what strangers do or do not like mm. about me. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. So mm. you just have to kind of just, try to say thank you so much and move on and just try to focus on the people that do like what you're doing. Cause if you focus on the people that don't like you, it's just going to ruin your day. And mm. you know, it's, it's really hard. You got to learn how to shake it off because it'll just drag you down. Mm. If that makes any sense. So I that's feel, one of the things I learned. Yeah. I, do you feel like those early experiences in your life then help shape that? And then afterwards, cause I've, I've started to feel it as well. When you get a core, like yeah. a core of friends that, you know, right fuck with what you're doing and they and Mm -hmm. you love each other like you that you've got so much love for each other it kind of gives you a bit of the thickness and the armor to yes yes to move forwards 100 100 percent. and i think that's my my childhood really prepared me for that i grew up in a neighborhood where people made fun of each other you know like Mm. you know you all like razz each other back and forth um i grew up in a time where there wasn't we didn't really worry. We didn't call it bullying, really. We didn't really, you know, you just had to be mentally tough. You had to handle yourself. I, I was a small girl who worked in, lived in a neighborhood that was a little bit on the tougher side. 
So I had to learn how to stand up for myself and speak up for myself at a young age. So I've just always taken that personality through life. So mm. I don't really take any crap. You know, I'm very polite and very nice, but if you mess with me, it's probably not the right person to mess with. And that's what, it'll, and a lot of people get caught <laughs> off guard by that because I'm cute and smiley. Yeah. And then they don't no. understand that I'm also a pit bull internally. So they have to learn. <laughs> I feel like I can sense a bit of like, yeah, the, you know, the, um, it's like the little bit of darkness or the little bit of like, yeah. no, if you try and fuck with me, yeah. it, shit could get real serious over here. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the things. And I think that that's been helpful for me in life because I haven't gotten stepped on because I don't get low self-confidence or depressed because I don't take any crap. Like if you're bad to me, then I move on. If it's a bad job, I leave. You know, when I was younger, I always had two jobs. That way, if one didn't, I didn't like one, Mm. I could bounce and get a second. I always liked having an exit, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I was a hustler. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it sounds like that from the situation, yeah. situations you've been in. Because right. you've had to, I imagine, when those kind of hard moments have hit, mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, when the house burnt down, and I'm assuming you'd had some of your children or all of your children at that point as well yeah i had no my son was not born thank god at the time it's just me oh and my husband. okay it was just yeah thank god. i mean yeah. still it's still yeah we were newlyweds so that was how we started our, our marriage with, yeah. oh my god yeah fiery start to the honeymoon jeez <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we were only married we were like i don't know newlyweds like a year into it and yeah yeah it was a crazy it was a crazy experience because that also made me really think about the value of things and to mm-hmm. me, it's people, not things, because in that split second when our house burnt down, I mean, you got to think about it. It's your shoes, it's your clothes, it's your belongings, you know? Mm-hmm. So to me, that just made me realize that I don't really care about stuff because it can go like that. So that was yeah. a really good, it was a really great lesson. It's almost like you get wiped out to teach you one of the, the greatest lessons you can have, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when the mm-hmm. second situation happened with the money, it really taught me how to let go and forgive because the anger... And the frustration yeah. that I had was just destroying me internally. So that really taught me another lesson. So each, each time I've lost, I've, I've grown or learned something from that experience, mm. which I think is important. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. it's easy to like dwell or to hold on to kind mm-hmm. of the losses that we right. have. And just like you see it right. with a lot, in a lot of situations where you hold on Correct. to something and it, and it, it infects like everything else you're trying to do. Yes. Um, and to be honest, it's a really good lesson for putting out like content and, mm-hmm. and doing something, um, which is, I guess, away from the norm, like the eyes right. eyes or putting videos on Instagram. Cause if something goes wrong, then you right. can just be like, okay, cool. I can take the, the necessary lessons and, and ideas from this and then keep, keep repelling forward. Perfect. And yes. I think even those situations actually, now that it's come to my head, make like kind of force you to be creative and force right. you to kind of find like ways out. Right. So then from from those positions, what kind of things were you doing to get to a point of uh let's say comfort or or regularity? Well, after the fire, I just went right back to work. I took one day off and went right back to work. And everyone's like, one how are you day? back to work? Yeah, I decided to buy clothes. I had no clothes to wear to work. So then I was back oh to work the next God. day. And I was like, how are you back to work? And I'm like, well, I got to I gotta rebuild. You know what I mean? So, and I just needed to get myself busy to kind of get back yeah. in there. So that's how I rebuilt from that. And then with the financial thing, that was just kind of something that lingered for quite a while. And then I think I just realized one day 
that the negative energy I was holding on to the frustration of what I lost mm. instead of worrying about what I could build or, you know, things happen for a reason. I just, I, a light bulb just finally clicked one day that this is just, it's not helping you mentally or physically or moving forward. And I just had to like release it because it was just going to bog me down. So that's how I, that's how I dealt with that one. But that was a process that took me probably like six months of yeah. just being so angry and then just kind of having to like realize this is not going to be the way to get over this. Mm. So that was you more know? of like a, an emotional, emotional strategy right. rather than like, right. okay, this is specifically right. what I'm going to do. A, B, C. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Emotional is sometimes the harder one to move forward. Like, you know, you, you lose things or you have a physical ailment, you know, you learn how to adapt to that. But emotional really plays with your head because it sticks with you. You know, mm. you have a connection to it or, or, or you, you, you want to put the situation back or you, you play things over in your head. So that's one thing you have to really learn to like not let the emotional one hold you back because it can really, it can really, mm. it, it'll seep into everything else. You know what I mean? It's like negativity is like a cancer that kind of grows. Same thing with the yeah. mental mindset or frustration or animosity. It's all detrimental to your, your ultimate goal. So you have to just learn to, you know, accept it, eat it, spit it out and move forward, you know? Mm. So, mm. so that's how I do that good, one. Good lesson there. Yeah. I'm going to uh, take that one. Yeah, take um, it. I hope everybody does. <laughs> move um, forward faster. Yeah. So uh, from like the content I've watched of yours, Mm-hmm. It wasn't very clear to me, but how long have you been? How long have you been a bartender for? Over twenty-five years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm forty-nine, so I started in my early twenties. <sighs> that's almost yeah. as old as me, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh <laughs> God. I say when I'm, that's what I say when I'm training the younger kids. I'm like, I'm old enough to be like. That's why they call me Mama Bear. That's my nickname mm. at my job. Because all the staff and all the people from all the other bars call me Mama. Yeah. Yeah. I look um, out for them all. <laughs> With, with, oh wow, 25 years experience, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a lot. Um, so for myself, like whenever I go to like bars or pubs or, or mm-hmm. pubs, that, that those kind of environments, obviously a lot of people associate like bartenders with being like creative and kind of performers mm-hmm. um, because of the way they like make drinks. I think that's kind right. of a common way people see right. them. But one of the things that I've noticed a lot in the last let's say a couple years few years uh, just just from noticing it on one particular night out is how much those people influence the environment of the actual place it's yes. a big 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 yes. thing yes so how like what's your kind of how how do you do that like how do you what do you do to create Mine is like making everybody feel like it's their living room. So it's like coming to my home. You know what I mean? So Mm. mine is like a big smile, a shout out when you walk in the door. Um, You know, trying to keep people in a good mood. I I engage with people so everyone becomes like my friend. So I make it like a very like homey environment where you're connected to this. Like we make it like an experience because you can get a burger and a beer anywhere. There's 15 bars on my street. Mm. So you have to separate yourself by service and connecting to people. You connect to somebody, they'll keep coming back. It doesn't matter how expensive the food or the drinks are. If they like you, they'll come for you. So that's a lot of what I do. Like, same thing on the nightly show when I do my shout-outs in the beginning. If you come in, I'm like, oh, my God, Damien, what's up? Happy Friday. Yeah. High fives. You know, like, I'm known for high fives and hugs. And, and uh, just kind of, you know, people want to come in and be like, what's going on this week? What are you up to? And I'm like, what are you up to? And you got to remember a lot of information. So that's how I do it. 
and you know you just mm. try to make it an environment everybody's a different style bartender but i think for me it's a personal connection and that's why on the nightly show yeah. i'm always like hey the drinks is what i do the people's my thing you know and that's, that's what i try thing. to explain to people yeah and then you kind of so do you teach the others like around you to to be that way or do you kind of tell them to do their own thing like the other other people, everybody has their different you know. skill set and everybody mm. has their own regulars so i'm i'm me and they're them and then what we kind of do is um like some people are really into the cocktails he'll do the cocktails and i'll do the chatting like i'm the chatter yeah so like when other people are just on with the talk they're like you do the talking and like you know so that's how we do it but yeah we try to make it a friendly place though so everybody kind of has a friendly personality because that's what mm. we're known for so that's our signature yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wanted to bring that up because I feel like it doesn't get as much attention as it should. Yeah, absolutely. More, a lot of the time, um, the like where somewhere is or like mm -hmm. the furniture or like right. the music that's playing, which all right. have a all have a factor. But I really do feel like the people working there, right? If if they're <laughs> if they want that night not to be good for yep. you, it yep. could easily be the case absolutely yes so true yeah. so true but yeah it's, it's, a, it's a fun job you get it it's a hard job it's a stressful job but it can be really fun so mm. it's the people that i love and that's why i like doing the show at night because it's a lot of what i like to do yeah people's and stories and i imagine from that as well like from from learning all the stories and and everything there that it's kind of pushed you into then becoming the comedian or yeah comedian, right right Exactly. They kind yeah. of intertwine. Mm. Yeah. Bartenders, I feel like have a, a knack for becoming, because you have a stage presence already. So it's an easier progression for you because that's part of the hardest things for people to learn. And you already do that because yeah. you're on it every night. So, so saying that because you kind of built up quite a lot of the soft skills from being a bartender, mm -hmm. let's say, let's say I wanted to be a comedian. Cause right. I, I, like I said before, I think comedian is like the hardest level. Yes. In, in, in just in my head, I think yeah. public speaking's hard. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. Comedian, it's like there's the extra pressure of right. You know, people need to laugh. So, from your experience and from what you've seen, let's say because because I haven't worked as a bartender before, so I, I mm -hmm. might not have the soft skills. Right. What kind of advice or uh, direction do you think someone could take? I would say watch a lot of comedians and find out what your voice is. I think part of my that's easier for me is I already know who I am. And I think a lot of younger kids that are trying to get into comedy don't know their voice. So they try mm. to mimic other people. So I think it's important knowing what your point of view is and what you want to accomplish being on stage. Second of all, I would just watch a lot of comedy. And then mm -hmm. um, there's actually classes that you could take. And I actually started like looking through some of those just to kind of like get better at getting to the point. Cause some people are like, Oh, you go all over the place. Where's the punchline. So I, mm. I, I kind of look at it at different points. Sometimes I just stick it to my way. Everyone's always trying to push you into a mold and I'm always like, I, I don't like molds. So I always say, just find whatever works for you when you're on stage, that makes you comfortable. And that's, what's going to make you interesting to other people. You know, it's not being the same it's, it's bringing something different to it. That would mm. be my opinion. You know? Everybody always has a top five or 10 that they like, you know, of, of the style. And there's lots of different yeah. styles. That's what I love about comedy. When you go to an open mic, there's so many different kids that get up with completely different approaches to it. And that's what's great. There's no right or wrong mm. way, you know? Mm. So there's a lot of flexibility to it. Okay. That's yeah. quite encouraging. Yes. Maybe I'll, 
I don't right? know. I don't know. Why do you get Maybe. off track? Jump off. You don't like it. You don't ever do it again. But you try it once. Just cross it off the list. Just walk up right? to the stage, hot like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> hi guys. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> who, who are your top five actually? Uh, love Bill Burr. One of my favorites. Oh, wow. um, Bill Burr. I grew up on a lot of um, old Saturday Night Live as a kid back in like the 80s, like Eddie Murphy, Bill Burr. Um, mm. I like Kevin Hart. For females, I grew up on the yeah. Carol Burnett show. Um, I grew up on I Love Lucy. So I love a lot of that type of, uh, you know, sketch comedy. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, those are probably like a couple of my favorites. But Bill Burr, I met this year and it was amazing to finally meet him too. And, and it was great. Yeah. Did you get to talk to him about um, I didn't like talk to about, doing, I talked to, when I talked to famous people, I talked to them just about life. Like I just hit them like human to human. I like to make mm. a personal connection because they already hear enough people like, oh my God, you're the funniest. So I, just <laughs> took one of his, I took one of his funniest bits that I love about gold digging whores. And I said, hey, you had me at gold digging whores because I'm a bartender and I've seen them. And he started <laughs> laughing. He looked at me like I was punking him. And then like, we just had like a, a casual conversation just about life and parenting. And then I left it at mm. that. Yeah. So yeah. I try to, I try to just act like an everyday person because you'll make a better connection to them. And then maybe down the line, if you see them again, mm. you'll stick out, you know, they don't want to have to sit there and yeah. answer questions like, how should I do about being in the business? There's enough articles about that. So I, I look for the articles and then I try to make a personal connection if I meet people that I'm interested mm. in. That's, that's my trick. If, if I'm being honest with you, that's, that's, that's really good. And it's one of the things that I've struggled with when I meet somebody that I, idolize a bit i just get like really kind of nervous like oh i don't know what to say because i don't want to say the thing that everyone says like oh everybody does but then it's like i don't know i don't know what to say they're just people that's what everybody has to remember they're just people they get up and put their pants on just like you they just Mm. do a different job so i think that's what people have to understand you know he might hit a baseball or he might kick a soccer ball or he might you know, sing a song, but they're just, they're people. They bleed like us. They, they pee like us. They're just people. So, <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that people have to realize. They're not idols. They're just people that do a cool job. Yeah. 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 That's, that makes any sense. Yeah. I'd, I'd really love to just as a separate point, explore yeah. the depth of like the psychology behind people being starstruck. Cause yeah. even though I know it would be interesting cause it is an interesting mindset that it, that it happens to people and they can't help themselves. I just, know. Like, it is I've, fascinating. I've, yeah. I've met, um, I think it was a few years ago when I was a bit younger, to be fair. So, yeah. like, I hadn't been hit by the world, like, the, mm-hmm. the the reality of the real world yet. But I remember meeting, I think it was Roger Federer at Wimbledon. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, literally, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was yeah, interesting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, So I did ask a few of my followers for questions for you okay um because we've got some people that also watch gary v so okay probably would have seen your appearance okay um the other day so um one of the questions that got asked and i think this is an interesting one actually do you feel comfortable putting your best bits online like your best um you know i have because a lot of people hold on to them because they think someone's going to steal them and I'm like, you know what, if someone's going to steal a story that I told about my, you know, me doing a joke about my marriage or me winning a toy when I was in third grade, then God bless them and I'll figure it out. But how else is someone supposed to find me? So I just, I, if people tell you not to do it, but I do it. 
And I look at a lot of other people that are comedians and they have nothing on there. So then how does anybody mm. know what you do? So it was a double-edged sword. You know, you just gotta, you just yeah. gotta roll the dice, you know, and hopefully you can write a lot more material if, you, if someone takes your stuff. Yeah, because I've watched, um, uh, I'm not sure if you watched it as well. You know, the Kevin Hart documentary. Yeah. Have, you, have you watched the... I haven't watched it yet, but I, 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 um, I would love to because I think he's very funny and he has an interesting backstory. Yeah, so, yeah. And one of the things that I, you know, I didn't really realize about the process of um, comedians is that all the 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 runs or the I, I can't remember the name for it, but like yeah, you know, you start at the comedy club and then you go up. To yeah, the, yes, it's a know, process. So it's a long, it's a long grind of three to fifteen years to really make it, and yes. um, and that's why I always say to everybody like I'm more of a comedic storyteller because. I haven't done the traveling comedy sets. I've, I've done a couple shows locally, but I've only been doing it for two years. And just things kind of seem to happen rapidly for me sometimes. Like just, I, mm. I ask and talk and I ask and talk. And so sometimes I get into a situation and, they, and things snowball a little bit quicker for me sometimes because I'm open to communicate with people and other people are a little bit afraid to approach people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and like the, the point I was, I was making there, with the with the um the process as well was that mm-hmm. I'm going with, so I get to something else. I'm moving to another situation. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> moving around again. Sorry, moving around. I'm taking you guys on a journey in life. my house. You guys are going through a journey in my house. Going through the Nerf room. Oh wow, you got uh, loads of Nerf guns. Yeah, my yeah. son's a big Nerf collector, so it's pretty ridiculous. So That's He's his big hobby. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. One of one of the things that really struck me is they use that in that journey they're perfecting the hour mm-hmm. or, or right. what they call the hour yeah so i would really understand why someone might protect their oh, best fit for the 100%. hour comedians steal all the time so that is why they don't get mm. protected but i'm like hey i have a lot of different irons in the fire so i just like you know i'm just trying to get my face out there so i just put it out there yeah. you know and so. just out of like curiosity, is that something that you are like working towards building an hour or is it? Yeah, just I mean, doing... my, my ultimate goal is be like, um, kind of like a speaking, um, like kind of a comedic speaker that kind of does like a one woman show that kind of is more like autobiographical. So that was one of the things I was working on. So I use the comedy as a way to kind of intertwine as a bigger, bigger picture. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like, well, not necessarily that you want right. to be competing with the, uh, Kevin Hart's or the yeah, like Tiffany Haddish like, has a, a special that kind of is similar, like what I would do, like her. I think it was her, her Black Met Black Bar Mitzvah. It was kind of similar. She kind of like has pictures in the background of different stories, and she kind of like takes you on a journey through her life. I'm kind of more of an autobiographical kind of life stories and make people laugh mm. and lighten up and look at things from a different point of view. So that's kind of the long term goal. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I have like long term goals and short term goals. Yeah, so you have to do little stuff to get the skills. <laughs> But then ultimate goal, the vision I have would be blah, blah, blah. You know, so that's mm. how I kind of approach it. I have a small, short, and then big, little goals and big dreams. So combination. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So you, you stay on that process, you know, right. where it's, where it's right. headed. I know one yeah. of the things as well you mentioned was Vayner speakers. So hopefully. Mm-hmm. One of these days. Hopefully we see you on. Uh, Gotta have goals. <laughs> yes. Um, Great. Thanks for asking, answering that. Um, yeah. Another question that we got was, yeah, another interesting one. Uh, okay. This guy, shout out to Neji. Okay. Good questions. Um, so Neji asked, 
Uh, does being a woman give you an advantage or disadvantage in um, in comedy? In, in comedy, I think um, it's a, I think it can be either or, depending on how you handle yourself. For me, locally, it's a little bit of an advantage sometimes because there's not a lot of females doing it. Mm -hmm. But it can also be a disadvantage because it's a male-dominated industry. But I've been right. in a male-dominated industry my whole life, so I'm not the typical woman who gets offended easily. So mm -hmm. I can kind of intertwine with the men a little bit easier because it doesn't bother me. You know, like, yeah. I don't go like, oh, this isn't fair. It's a boys' club. I, I just say, well, let me just – it's up to me to prove why I belong in the boys' clubs. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't let it be – I don't let it hold me back. I just try to push through it. So yeah. it can be either or, but it is very male. I mean, there's some nights I go to an open mic and there's 25 comedians and there's like me and one other girl or I'm the only girl. So. Do you feel like more pressure in that situation? Or... Well, they're not going to have the same jokes as me. So no. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was thinking that in that situation, yeah. there's already kind of, all right, I've got my niche yeah. now. I'm right. going to have, yeah. Yeah, totally I have a different, different point of view. So. Yeah, and a lot of my material is I'm, I'm pro-male sometimes. I'm not anti-male. Like, a lot of female mm. comedians are anti-male. So I think uh. that sometimes I win them <laughs> over because they're like, oh, shit, that was funny. You know what I mean? You're sassy. So then it's like, you got to just play with it, yeah. you know? I yeah. feel like you've got thick skin for it as well. So. Yeah, you got to have thick skin. You can't get into comedy if you don't have thick skin. And you can't mm. go after goals if you don't have thick skin. You're just going to get eaten up by the world, you know? Mm. So, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. Any yeah. other questions? Um, I guess one, uh, this, this is another one. I, I couldn't quite tell from what we'd spoken about already, but, um, were you always funny or did you have to learn to be No, I was always funny. funny. I was always, my, my personality is all I, I wasn't good in school. So I was always joking around the house, dancing for my mom, entertain. I've always been entertaining since I was a little girl. That's always been my, my thing. Mm. Impressions, Michael Jackson dancing, you know, just everything around the house. Wait, so you love yeah. MJ as well. I used to love oh MJ when God. I was a little girl. Yeah. MJ. So that's oh that's God. how I that's that's always been my coping mechanism is being the funny kid in class and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. the MJ stuff. I used yeah, to do that absolutely. as well. I used to absolutely perform like Billy yeah. Dean and Yeah, absolutely. I, I used to try I used to try and do the smooth criminal lean and I'd yes. fall on my face oh, so yeah, many times. Yes. Not easy yeah. to do, yes, yes. Yeah, especially yes. when you're a kid who believes that he could actually just Yeah, do it. Do it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's so awesome. I love that. Um, yes. Well, thank you. Um, you're welcome. For jumping I appreciate on the you having today, me. Kristen, yeah, honestly, yes. like, really, like, I, I really appreciate you jumping on because I can yes, imagine please. there's been so much. Um, no, no, it's been like, really great getting to know people like you, yeah. and I really appreciate the opportunity because it gives me an opportunity to talk to other people. So I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, and yeah, just to say thank you because I know how busy it can be, especially now yeah. that everything's yeah. everything's all good. So yeah, I really appreciate um, you being on, and I think for anybody who wants to be a comedian or is looking to do something where they have to speak in mm -hmm. front of loads of people, they can right. get a lot of value from this. And I think even just hearing how you've dealt with some of the experiences in your life as well, there's a lot of value there to for for people to. To take from today's converse so thank you Christine. awesome i appreciate that thank you so much where, where can people um find you where's uh, the my instagram and youtube are the same it's kristen being kristen k-r-i-s-t-i-n b-e-i-n-g k-r-i-s-t-i-n my ig live is 7 to 8 p.m eastern time monday through friday night 
I'm starting to download all those interviews and I'm going to be putting them up on my YouTube channel eventually. So I have more content and then I'm going to be thinking of how to take this on the next level since quarantine will be over soon. I have to try to navigate onto phase two of the Kristen being Kristen. So that's what mm. we're going to be working on. No, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming your way. I can already tell because well, I appreciate that. Has hope been so. that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. All right. So, well, yeah. Thank you so much, Damien. Is it Damien uh, Dunn? Uh, it's Dami. 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 Well, thank you, Dami. I appreciate that. And uh, make sure in the comments you let me know the name of the podcast so that I can subscribe. All right. Thank you. Thanks yes, so much. Chris. You got to give back, right? Yeah. Reciprocal. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Kristen, All right. take care. Enjoy the rest Thank of your day. You. Have a great night. Okay. And I'll be seeing you on IG Live later. Awesome. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Bye.